You're listening to the Grace Sermon Podcast with messages from Pastor Chris Twightman and the community at Grace Lutheran Church, Huntington Beach. We're a family church that exists to engage life together and impact our neighborhoods as disciples of Jesus. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us online at gracehb.org. Now, stay tuned for today's message. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 17. These are words that come right out of the Sermon on the Mount, perhaps Jesus' famous, most famous teaching. And they read, Matthew 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you haven't been with us, we've been spending this Lenten season um, going through a sermon series which is Go and Do Likewise, Loving Our Neighbor Like Jesus. And we began by looking at uh, perhaps one of the most uh, powerful stories where Jesus reveals who our neighbor is, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And we've been looking at different encounters that Jesus has with his own neighbors as a way of gleaning how we, what our posture, what our attitude's supposed to be in the neighbors that we encounter, the people that God puts before us. But you also know that part of what we've been doing during this sermon series is we've stepped back and we've made a realization as a community that we have a tendency, and it's not just us, we all do it as human beings. Sometimes when we want to answer a question, we make assumptions. We assume that we already, in trying to answer the question, that we have all of the data that we need, that we know enough from our own perception, our own perspective. And we've realized through some prayer and discernment in this community that that's a flaw when it comes to thinking about how we can be a blessing to the community of Huntington Beach and wider Orange County, that, that we don't necessarily know everything, see everything, understand everything. And sometimes, in fact, we can be biased because of the, the unique nature of our community. So what we did to start this series off and what we're gonna do today is we're taking the step of inviting some people from our community, and by community I mean Huntington Beach and Orange County who don't necessarily worship with us, to come and share with us from their unique perspective, from where they are professionally in the community, from where they are personally as residents in the community, so that we can hear different voices, so we can get different perspectives. And today, uh, we're gonna I'm going to have the opportunity to interview four distinguished guests that are with us, and I'm going to introduce each of them to you. And at the end, I really want to give them a big round of applause, but a praise to God, because they have sacrificed their time to be with us. This is not normally where they are on Sunday morning, and they've given of their time and given of their, their, their experience to be with us, and that's a, tr a true blessing. So I'm going to introduce each one of them, and as I do, you're welcome to come up as I share your name, and I'm giving a little bit of background on you, and then once we're all up here, we can offer for that praise to God. Our first guest this morning is Billy O'Connell, who is an HB Council member. He is a small business owner and resident of Huntington Beach. If Billy's here, you're welcome to come forward. Um, he's been a part of uh, HB for more than 20 years and a founder of Colette's Children's Home. Billy, are you here? Okay, Billy may not be here. Okay. Well. Aw. All right. Um, 
then I'm going to move on to Eric Peterson, who is our mayor pro tem. We, he is a rep. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Come on up. He is a longtime resident of Huntington Beach. You were elected to the city council in the fall of 2014, if I've got that correct. He's been a member of the Marine Corps. He is a volunteer scoutmaster, former Huntington Beach finance board member, design review board member, former Huntington Beach planning commissioner. Man, that's a, that's a lot of different responsibilities. And currently as a council member, Eric serves as liaison to the design review board, the communications committee, the downtown task force, the Orange County Sanitation District, and several other committees. So your plate is full. All right. Wow. Our next guest this morning is Mike Rains. Uh, Mike has lived, uh, Mike, if you're welcome to come forward, has lived in, Huntin in Huntington Beach in the downtown area for about 10 years, is that right? And he is a full-time Christian realtor with Remax, and he attends, so he is worshiping with us this morning, but he normally attends Refuge Calvary Chapel in Edinger, so we're really glad to have you with us this morning, Mike. Thank you so much. And finally, we have Stuart Thomas. Stuart is the broker owner of a Remax Select One with five offices in Orange County. Two of them are in Huntington Beach. He is a member of the HB Police and Community Foundation and the Boys and Girls Club of, of Huntington Valley. And he also has the distinction of being the former president of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Choir in Newport Beach. Is that correct? Welcome. Thank you for being with us, Stuart. We're so glad to have you with us. So I've got this microphone, and let me just get this little housekeeping bit out of the way. There's water also behind you if you need it. Is just hold the microphone in the center. If you hold it at the bottom, it'll interfere with the antenna, and you'll kind of pop in and out. So okay. just giving you that heads up. Um, so again, I want to just, I know we've, we've uh, given you some applause and praise to God. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. We really value um, the unique experiences you come from. I, mean, I know I gave a little bit of background on you, but... Um, is maybe a little bit more personal. Do you want to share anything in terms of just your involvement in Huntington Beach? Just maybe about if you're married, you have kids, just yeah, kind of um, where they go to school. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, I am married. Uh, 20, I'm not going to say because I'll get it wrong. My wife, 20, 20 something years. This is 20, being recorded. Almost 30. So. I, uh, I have an 18 year old and a 21 year old. One goes to Long Beach State in aerospace, uh, the other one is at Marina High School. So I've been in the community most of my life. My dad was stationed at El Toro, so he made this his home. I've lived in about 10 different houses in Huntington Beach because wow. we'd go to the East Coast, come back, go to the East Coast, come back. He was a pilot. Uh, myself, I served five years in the Marine Corps. Um, and my wife and I uh, just love Huntington Beach. My business is here. I'm an electrical contractor of my own company. I have an office here and in San Diego, and we just uh, made this our home. I've been here my whole life, pretty much, and want to make it the great community that it's always been. So. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, we moved out, my family and I moved out in, uh, from Virginia to California back in 1983. My dad was Air Force, retired, and we came out here. Um, so I've been in Orange County in general, down in Laguna Hills, and then I moved to Huntington Beach uh, a little over 10 years ago to marry my beautiful wife, Martina, and my two girls are here, uh, seven and nine, Michaela and Mariah. And uh, we love Huntington Beach as well, and so I've been about 10 years here. Uh, we do re uh, worship right down the street at Refuge Calvary Chapel, and I, I just want to thank you for having me come and worship with you and be able to hopefully share some knowledge with you as well today. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right, well, I remember years ago uh, when my pastor looked at me and said, never give God your leftovers. So that's why I'm here right now because that's just it's such a powerful thing for me. And I'm Stuart Thomas. I moved from England. My family just packed up one day and said, we're going to America. And that was in 1968, and I was 11 months old, we moved to Fountain Valley. So I've been Fountain Valley, Huntington Beach. The whole way through, I did a stint up at, I went to Stanford, so I graduated there. I was first guy out of college. I uh, lived in Virginia, then opened a Remax 15 years ago, uh, as of about two weeks ago. And we've grown to five offices. And I'm personally, there's a, you know, when I look at why I'm here today, it's like, well, my niche is real estate, but my passion is giving back to the community. So I've done a lot of things. I was the children's hospital uh, chairman of the REMAX Advisory Committee to Chalk. I'm on a couple of different boards uh, here in the community. And I, I'm, it's, very, it's a passion of mine. So I'm, I'm very thankful to be here today. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <coughs> Hang on to that. So the first question we'd love for each of you to just chime in on, give us some perspective, is from where you are, again, professionally and personally, and I love that you've shared your, a little bit more of your background with us, what do you perceive are the major issues and challenges, the specific challenges that are facing the community of Huntington Beach and the wider community of Orange County? What are some specific issues and challenges you perceive? Well, from uh, the city's perspective, I mean, we have, we have some fiscal challenges um, coming up in the next few years. Uh, where we're actually going to be in a deficit. But from a social aspect, um, which I think is more something that the, this, this congregation in the community, is we have a, a lot of homeless issues. Um, we have a lot of social issues that, that people can help with. Um, that's not something the city can take care of by itself. Uh, we look to the county and bigger organizations. The city itself does not have a lot of money uh, to put into this. We, we do have special police units that, with social workers to help these people. Um, a lot of the homelessness is uh, drug-related. Drug um, we've had some problems with uh, the sober living homes that when the insurance runs out, they kick these, these individuals out the door and they don't have the money to get home. They come from other states. So um, I think the biggest issue people see from day to day uh, are those, those homeless issues. And um, there are some things that people can do, uh, volunteer time, and, uh, and money is always good to the organizations that actually help. And some religious organizations have their own programs that they help. Um, but for the most part, that's, that's what people are seeing. We have a very nice climate to live in if you're, if you're homeless. Um, and we don't have winters, per se. We don't have a lot of weather, per se. So um, it makes it easier. And we do have a lot of caring people in the community. And sometimes just them going and giving a dollar or two keeps the people there. But it really helps to give to the organizations rather than the individual, because those organizations get together and really try to help, whether it be the mental aspects, the drug aspects uh, of the homelessness. Um, some just consider themselves civilian campers. Mm. So um, they'll, they'll deal with that too, but usually getting involved with those organizations help. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So for that, um, we do live in a great place and that creates demand. So as a realtor, 
Um, we live in such a, a unique place that people want to live here. Um, whether they have a house or not, uh, they want to live here. And so the two issues that I see um, from a realtor's perspective is number one, we have a shortage of housing. So there's not enough houses available for sale to meet the demand of the buyers that want to buy and or rent. So that's, that's problem number one. And so that, that leads to the second issue, which is affordability. So even the ones that do come on, they aren't as affordable uh, to be able to do it. So for example, this morning I looked up to see what's available in Huntington Beach. And, and I did discard like 55 plus communities or stuff on lease land, but there's only 205 available properties for sale in Huntington Beach. And out of 75,000 homes, that's not a lot. So that's either for rent or for, um, for purchase. So the, the third issue, which is kind of another one that, that goes along with that, is uh, financial um, literacy issues. So people wanting to know like how to deal with their money. So debt is a big problem for those that come out of school and, and so forth. So they're already getting started uh, from behind. And so they have a front wind, just this headwind that makes it almost impossible uh, for them to get into housing and things like that to be able to afford it. So with, with rentals, I looked up like, what's available? What's the least expensive thing? At least on the MLS, there's, there's different sources that you can look to, but the least expensive home was a one bedroom condo for $1,350. And so for someone that's coming right out of college, that may not be uh, something that they could take on. And so what ends up, from a Christian's perspective, ends up being they start piling in together um, outside of marriage. You got families that are, you know, a daughter and, and a son that say, hey, we're going to live together to try to save that money. And so from that standpoint, we're seeing that happen as well as families. So mm. okay. what he said, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm a realtor as well, so. Uh, I, I came at it from a perspective of looking back over the last 10 years, and uh, as I, we're all guilty of it, when we grew up, we thought of homelessness as well, their drugs, their, their mental health, and their skid row, or they're in Santa Ana, they're not here, but they're here, and there's different reasons why they're here. I did some uh, numbers here, and in LA, if the rent increases by 5%, 1,993 people become homeless. And in uh, New York, it's about 2,900 people. And then last year in LA County, it, the rents went up 4%. So we are constantly seeing good people like ourselves that for whatever reason might have lost a job. You know, in 2008, when most people had the, the housing crash and the downturn, a family of four, we think of the middle classes, you know, there's the rich, the poor, and then there's the middle. There's no such thing as a middle class because the average family of four had a savings of $800 in 2008. And the moment somebody loses a paycheck, they're poor. So we are right there on the cusp of saying, you're barely getting by and then something happens and it forces you. The people that are homeless are not just people that have given up, they're on drugs. They're good people like yourselves and myself that had something happen and they're forced that way. So that's the biggest problem that I see nowadays is it's more becoming us and not just uh, the causation of, well, they did drugs and they're, they're, they're mentally ill. It's not the case anymore with the homeless. So that's one of the biggest things that I see. Yeah, you can keep it there. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll move around. It'll, it'll Question go. number two. I should, let you, I should let you guys know, and I, I think I, I might have communicated it to you, but we, the first panel that we had 
we had a member of the Huntington Beach Police Department here um, who was part of the Homeless Task Force. We had the Battalion Chief of the Police Department, and we also had the head, the head of CERT, the Community Emergency Response Team. So some of the things you're sharing, I mean, that's, it's, it's interesting to hear where there's resonance with perspectives we've heard before. So, you know, we started by asking you, and I appreciate your responses to what do you see as the specific challenges or, or uh, issues. Kind of related to that, what are the areas, places, or relationships of opportunity and hope that you see in the community of Huntington Beach or in Orange County? Where do you see in the midst of some of those challenges, maybe some you haven't even mentioned, where you see opportunities for the positive growth, hope that's taking place? Well, not just homelessness, but from a positive standpoint, the new senior center. That's a, that's a great facility, British Senior Center, there you guys go. <laughs> the positive hope, I look at our economy, we're becoming a stronger economy and wages are going up, uh, the tax break, a lot of those things can help those people who are right on the fence, maybe get a better job because even though people aren't unemployed, a lot of people are underemployed. So if you can get a better job, if you can get more training, that's where we all come in and help these people. We're not giving them a handout, we're giving them a hand up. So that's what I see as a positive is that we as an economy are growing stronger and we actually realize that there is a problem instead of just saying, well, it's, it's not here. It's here, it's all over the place and there's real reasons why it's happening and not just, we can't just blame them. We can say, well, we understand. That we, the first thing to understand is that there is a problem. If you say there's no problem, there's no solution. So mm. because of the fact that we admit there is a real problem here, how do we deal with it? And I think we're doing a, by talking about it, that's a good start. I would say I, I agree with that, and I, I look at the opportunities that are available for those that want to educate themselves and, and be able to do it. There's a lot of free resources with the library and also on the internet if you have that access at the library to look up YouTube and all of the different educational things that they, people can increase their skill sets to be able to get a next level up. You know, you, you get paid for what you bring to the table for your um, uh, skills in the marketplace. So the marketplace rewards those that have more skills, and so you're able to increase your wages with that. And there's a lot of free resources without having to pay thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for a trade school or something like that. So mm -hmm. there's, it, it's available to everybody. They just need to be pointed in that direction. Boy, going last, you know, they say everything. Hey, you, you know, told them to hold on. I, to the I mic. know. I, I wanted to give them the same. chance, um, but. Uh, what they said, plus, <laughs> plus, uh, but, but like you said, knowing that there's problems out there and that opens up the conversation for us to fix things. Uh, one example across the street at, at Golden West, um, they're starting to realize that college is not for everyone. You know, the, the, the high schools have been pushing and pushing and pushing. Everyone needs to go to college. Well, like I said, I'm an electrical contractor. I did go to college, but um, a lot of my guys haven't. They're, they're electricians. And um, those type of programs, those type of trade schools are very important to a society and especially as our economy booms, as there's more trades uh, needed, we need those jobs and the college realized this and now they actually have a program, I think they're starting next semester, where it's multiple trades but along with the trades that they offer, they're, they're adding a few more, construction trades, construction technology and stuff, they're adding a small business aspect to it. So they start learning about accounting, how to run a business, that type of thing. And they, they leave with some sort of like an AA degree. But with that, you can make a very good living. You don't, you don't have to you know, go spend $80,000 on an education. 
you can do it at the community college. So there's programs like that that are helping. The city, we always try to make our facilities available um, for different organizations, uh, especially nonprofits that want to help and want to better the community. Yesterday at the library, we had a fix-it workshop where people came in who could fix things, lamp cords, radios, whatever it is, and the community could actually bring in things to be fixed. So, so we have, and, and we're really blessed to live in Huntington Beach because we do have a very caring uh, community and they come up with these ideas. It's not, it's not City Hall that comes up with it, it's, it's the community that comes up with it. And um, I think, again, the more we talk about this, the more we bring things up, uh, the more opportunities are out there to help and serve other people. You led beautifully, uh, it's almost like as if I scripted it for you, uh, <laughs> into giving some, some specific examples of organizations, programs, or even personal stories, and you've given us two, so you can add to that or, or pass the mic, but we, you know, we'd, love to, we'd love to hear about, um, you know, sometimes we don't have to reinvent the wheel, we can simply partner with people who are already getting ahead and, and, and have initiated something, so great ideas like what you shared in terms of what Golden West is doing, but even that Fix-It workshop, if you have any other kind of stories from your experience personally or on the, the city council, uh, that's what, what this next question's about, is just kind of personal examples. Of what to do of to, just, for of, the community? Of, of, yeah, of, like, you were, like you've just done, like pointing to the Fix-It workshop or pointing to Golden West. Well, one, one thing, I'll just add one thing. Um, we've had an uptick of crime in Huntington Beach. Uh, now, we have very, very, very low crime numbers. So if you add one to three, you know, it's a 25% increase or <laughs> or 33% increase. So we, um, but we have an uptick of crime. Of that crime, 40% of it is domestic. And to me, that's a social issue. And that's really where congregations and religion comes into play. That's where we who believe in God and following him and following his teachings have to get involved in the community. And that's going out, talking to your neighbors, acting like we should act, and being an example for others. I mean, because that 40% a cop can't fix. That 40% a fireman can't fix. This is a social problem. And the only way I personally believe we're gonna handle those social problems is, is through God, is through religion. And that as, as a community um, and as a congregation yourself, just going out there and acting the way you should act, and talking to people, befriending people, strengthening your congregation, adding to your congregation, working with other, or other churches around, that's gonna help nibble away at that problem. Because, like I said, it's nothing that government can do. It's, it's really God being taken out of society. And I think the most important thing that, that we can do is, um, follow his teachings and pass those on, so. Thank you. Well, this is the exciting part about the Holy Spirit because none of this was scripted. I've never met Eric before, and, but I couldn't agree more with what he said about having God make that impact in us as believers and then being able to be that. So the, the scripture that you read today about being salt, 
about being that witness, really, about being able to affect and impact those people that are around you. So, you know, my personal example would be when I was in my young 20s, I developed uh, a taste for the credit card. And so I got myself in quite a bit of debt um, as a young man, and then uh, that got me into about $40,000 of credit card debt. In addition to that, I had car payments and rent. And I was married at the time, and uh, not, not this uh, lovely lady, uh, but it was prior to me knowing the Lord. And so I didn't have that foundation of Christ and of, of what the Bible has to say about money and how to, how to handle money as a steward. And so I think that's one of the big opportunities that we have is that as we, as we get our lives in order biblically as a steward and that mindset, getting out of a consumer mentality and into a stewardship mentality, then we're able to have our own lives in order and other people will see that and they'll be like, how come you're not struggling as much as I am in that area? And then we can be able to share with them. So out in the community, being that um, witness to be able to help them come along and, and make their lives better because as you know, Financial problems are, is one of the number one reasons for divorce, and it's also number one reason why businesses go down and fail. And if you can get that in order, it can really go a long way with all of the other issues that you have on that. Um, yeah, thanks. You know, there, there's a lot of great programs in Huntington Beach. There's a lot of organizations. If Billy was here, I would have, I will say it anyways, but uh, Colette's Children's Home. You know, about nine years ago, I had met Billy, and I said, well, what do you need? And he said, well, everybody gives us, like, you know, clothes and everything, but we just don't have any cash. So I got together with a couple other offices in real estate, and nine years ago, we did our first uh, fundraiser, because one of the questions was, what have you helped with? So uh, we did a fundraiser for Colette's Children's Home uh, and raised about, well, it was interesting because every dollar that we raised, the Obama administration gave two more. So we raised about 20, and he walked out with 60, which was a great first year. And then every year since then, our offices in Orange County, including his office, uh, we have tried to give back to the kids of our... The, the, the youth here, there was a statistic. It was something like there was 17,000 kids in Orange County are homeless. There was, it was a staggering number. And I remember... I'm walking by a family, and I saw a family sleeping in a car in the Seacliff Shopping Center. I'm like, we've got to do something about this. So we've tried to give back every year. We've done, in the last nine years, we did, for the kids, uh, Colette's Children's Home Project Self-Sufficiency, which is helping moms that are maybe on government assistance get off of government assistance to give them a hand up and not a handout. Uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, we granted a couple wishes, and we had a nice little girl that went to Disney World, which was huge. Uh, we've done an event for chalk. Uh, chalk is a huge part of what I'm about, because there's not a person in here who doesn't know somebody that's had somebody affected it that's a kid. And kids are innocent, and you know they need every break they can get. And then for the last three years, we've also worked with Chief Handy, who's an amazing man. He came to me in, at the chalk event and said, man, this is amazing. I've got this new foundation called the Huntington Beach Police and Community Foundation. It's brand new. I said, do you have a 501c3, which means, can we get a write-off? And he, he says, I'm working on it. And I said, as soon as you get that write-off, you're our next uh, fundraiser. We're going to raise it. Because I met a lieutenant recently who came up to me and he goes, I know you. And I go, well, maybe you know me from this foundation. He goes, that's it. And he goes, I want to thank you because there's so much that we want to do as police officers for our community, but we don't have the funding for it. So, you know, the organizations like we're all involved in, 
we kind of take that extra step to say, well, here's some extra money. Go do what you really want to do, just not what you have to do. So I think that's a big part of what we can all do is get a little bit more involved. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to give a bunch of money. You just give a little time. So that's what I think. Oh, boy. Am I on? Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Uh, you know, it's not always that we have the opportunity to have a conversation like this where, where uh, we can hear from you and, and uh, you get, can get to know us. From, do you mind sharing, since you've got a whole community here, a faith community that's been around for 50 years, of what you perceive specifically we could be doing beyond what you've said? Or, or, and, and, and also, I mean, I want to invite this. We want to have an honest conversation. If there's things that you see, you're seeing that churches like ourselves are doing that is, are not helpful. Sometimes we think what we're doing is helpful, and it isn't. It's actually maybe contributing to the problem or creating new problems. Um, I just want to give you the opportunity to maybe just speak from your experience as part of faith communities or just working with them of, of things that we could be doing better or things we could just be doing. I think you probably are doing a lot of this stuff, so one of the recommendations if you're not doing that would be to invite um, uh, organizations like Dave Ramsey to come in and, and be classes that are available not only just to this congregation, but that you could open it up and then have your congregation invite their neighbors and their neighbor's kids and stuff to be able to, to handle bringing someone in and, and getting that message out, um, specifically in my, my place talking about uh, financial literacy being able to know how to, if you can learn at my daughter's age at seven and nine, how to handle one dollar that they got at a birthday um, or Christmas or something like that, then later on in life, they will learn how to handle much more. And, you know, God rewards faithfulness. So he, he, as he gives you more, you'll know what to do with it and you won't get caught like I did where you end up really behind and having such a headwind that it costs a marriage, it costs a whole lot. Um, and you can save them a lot of grief. So that would be one that I would recommend if you're not already doing that. So, yeah. so what's the question again? Cause, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listening, but. No, no, you, you gave great d different examples already, which are, which, are, which, were, which were fabulous. And I like that you, you talked about it. It's not just about giving money, but it's about giving your time. It's Correct. being a part of that. But from your experience with other faith communities of, of things that we could be doing better, uh, things that maybe we shouldn't be doing. Like I said, sometimes we do things we think are helpful, but actually we don't see the effect on the community. We just assume, well, that was great for everybody, well, and it wasn't. I can't think of anything that a good church could do that wouldn't be helpful. That's the first thing. I, no matter, you guys are here today. You're helping yourselves. That's a good start. And we're helping everybody else. So I, I guess I could sum things up really simply by my, there's one of my two all-time favorite quotes, which is, no exercise is better for the human heart than reaching down and lifting another up. So between us, we can do that. You know, feel it here. We pray, we pray, we pray, but we also need to do. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing I could say is we can all pray, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that can be done, and by doing them, we're helping. Mike, Sir. I forgot to ask this. Can you share? I know I'm familiar with it, but Colette's home. Tell people about Colette's home. Colette's home. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, single moms out there that have kids that are homeless. And for whatever reason, it could have been that they were in an abusive relationship and they need to get out very fast and they don't know where to go. And Billy's uh, got, I'm not sure how Billy started it, and Colette's actually his daughter's name, but they, they take in people and get them good housing and try to get them 
going and get them, keep them safe. So it's a great organization. And that was the very first uh, fundraiser we ever did. And then we decided every year we would do something, uh, you know, like I said, Project Self-Sufficiency, Habitat for Humanity. We helped build two houses in Orange County, actually in Huntington Beach. So everything that we try to do is to, to give something back to the community, uh, mostly for the kids, because they're the ones that go, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. So, you know, we don't want to pass blame. We don't want to pass judgment on people and say, well, we're not helping you because your mom was on drugs. That's not fair. So we never do that. We don't try to, that's the wrong thing to do. So we just look at it from a kid's standpoint and say, these are innocent kids. We want to do something to help the community and focus on getting these kids because every child deserves a chance. So that's, that's kind of what we do. So. Well, um, do you, are you part of the interface? Um, we're just putting our toe in the water with that. Okay, so, so that's one in Huntington Beach that we have that uh, multiple religions get together. And the big thing that they do every year, I, I believe they do things throughout the year, but their big thing is Community Service Day. And it is in Westminster, it's in Huntington Beach, and basically the congregations go out and you know, one time they fixed Marty Park, they work on parks, they, they do things that uh, sort of is on the back burner for the cities. Uh, you know, we don't have the funds to do it, so they get out there. It's serving your community, serving with others. Um, it is, you know, from a faith-based organization, many faiths, so it's, it's a good chance to, to meet people from different faiths and see what they're about. Um, you know, that's one thing. And again, I fall back on, you know, wear, wear your faith on your sleeve. You know, be, be the example. And um, I think that gets you more uh, than anywhere. Well, it gets, you get more out of that than anything because uh, people will look at you and, and you'll stand out whether you want to or not. Um, you'll stand out and, and they'll, they'll ask questions and um, you can share share your views, share your feelings, and um, if you're living his principles, you are, you're serving others all the time. You're not serving yourself. Um, so as long as you do that, uh, I think service is the, is the best thing for a community. Because when people get involved, you meet other people, you see other people's uh, different walks of life, and, and you come together for one purpose, and that's uh, to to help each other and to help your community, so. Yeah, just add something sure. Um, just along those same lines too, the, the ripple effect, guys, that, that when you mentor somebody or take somebody under your wings um, and, and teach them and help them along and, and help them get to a place, they will then turn around and, and do the same thing. And so being able to multiply yourself through service to others and, and mentoring them really and encouraging them to do the same will have such a greater effect than you can do by yourself. So just wanted to encourage you guys with that. Awesome. Well, we, we have appreciated having you. Before we, we have you go back and, and continue with us in worship, uh, we wanted to take an opportunity to pray for each of you, for your families, um, for the teams that you're a part of, the different, I mean, the, the list that we shared of all the different ways, you're, you're, the touch points you have in the community. So I've invited us for some particular part elders to come forward to, uh, to pray over them, and I want to invite anyone who's an elder to come forward as we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you just to close out this time, if that would be okay.